welcome back to Growler Garage. Been a number of years since we've been at this and we're trying something new this year. We're gonna be releasing weekly racing uh, recaps for all the racing that happened over the, you know, the past weekend. So every uh, Monday or Tuesday, look for these. This is the first one and we're gonna be recapping the NASCAR clash at the Coliseum and also touching on uh, an event that is real popular down here in Southern California called King of the Hammers. An off-road event um, that is really just hugely popular but kind of a hidden gem not a lot of folks know about that one um, so King of the Hammers for anybody who doesn't know it's it's an event put on by um, an organization called Ultra 4 uh, where it's just these unbelievably built uh, off-road vehicles in in multiple different classes that it's part desert race part rock crawling uh, just everything in between it's just a brutal race uh, climbing up these 10-foot sheer rocks over giant boulders and then next thing you know the car's got to be able to blast through the desert at 100 miles an hour uh, without skipping a beat and, and they do like three 50-ish or more mile loops uh, it's just an amazing event it, it takes about two weeks um, to get through all the classes it's, it's kind of a big party in a lot of ways so me and my friends always always attend this every year um, this and this year was was one of the best ones ever um, and if you don't if you've never been it's kind of hard to explain what it's like um, because it's really kind of a big party atmosphere <laughs> and, uh, the race is kind of an excuse for everybody to go hang out in the desert with their RVs and you get, I, I think you'll get about a hundred thousand people at this event, which is, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, uh, and everything from folks who are there to follow the race and, and kind of watch it develop on their phones with GPS. Cause you obviously can't see the cars for most of the lap. You know, you, they, they pass by you for 10 seconds and then they're gone for a couple of hours. Um, and then there's folks like us who drive around from obstacle to obstacle and know what's going on and know the drivers, but you know, really the race is kind of secondary and is almost, uh, just an excuse to be out there with your buddies. Um, so we're going to be releasing, uh, hopefully later this week, but it depends on how much editing I have to do. We're going to be releasing a, uh, a video blog, if you will. Um, so it's not going to be here on Spotify or on uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening to this because the audio itself is not going to tell the story. So it's really going to be a YouTube show. So check out, you know, Growler Garage um, YouTube. You search for us on YouTube, just type in Growler Garage and you'll find us. And uh, that's uh, that's going to be out later this week. And that'll be a, that'll be a ton of fun. We, we, had a, we had a blast out there. And I, I'm telling you, if you are listening to this, that means you have some interesting cars in all likelihood. That's an event you got to make a point to go to. That, that one's really something special. So look for that later this week. But the big race this past weekend, racing start racing season, is officially started again. NASCAR, for the first time ever, goes to the Coliseum for the Clash. Been at Daytona for decades now uh, with the Clash. And it kind of, I think most people agree, it kind of lost its, its, you know, shine a little bit. So moving it to the Coliseum was an attempt at something new. And we were able... To go in person there, and it was uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the TV broadcast, so I hope it came off as good as it did in person because it was really I was a little skeptical, but it was really good. It was really an event um, that that I think NASCAR and their whole team hit it out of the park with this one because it was really uh, it was it was something you felt like you were at something special. So um, we got there right pretty much right as the heat races were starting. Um, you know, kind of got the fan zone first, which is a cool area they set up. Uh, and it, uh, you know, uh, 
they had a lot of stuff for the kids to do, which is really important. And, and as they mentioned on the broadcast, probably thousands of times, because I know they did it in, in the stadium, uh, something like 70% of the people there were there for their first NASCAR race. So they, they went to big efforts to make this very fan-friendly, and they did a great job. Um, so, you know, heat races were, were a ton of fun. Um, as predicted, you know, the track was all, you know, move somebody out of the way to, to, to make a pass. There's a couple times we saw somebody get a good run, kind of square off the exit of the corner and get a good run and outbreak somebody into the corner and make a kind of more traditional pass. But that was pretty rare, to be honest. Um, I will say the new, the new car, the, um, the brakes immediately, you could tell these cars stop so much better than they used to. Um, these cars, this track with the old cars would have been a complete disaster. I mean, I don't think they even could have done it, to be honest. I mean, um, these cars stop really, really well, um, turn really well. And it made it definitely feel like you were watching a proper race car, which uh, arguably that, that has been kind of the allure of NASCAR for a long time. Of The cars are not proper race cars in some ways. Um, and it made it kind of fun to watch drivers hustle them around. Um, but now you, you definitely feel like you're watching something more like an American GT3 car, kind of uh, loosely, you know, can make that comparison. Because they definitely turned. They definitely, when they stood on the gas, they went. Um, you know, and there was there was definitely a lot of of really good um, techniques I saw the drivers doing. Um, some guys were, were really driving in deep and kind of trying to roll the center of the corner less, um, more kind of squared off or diamonded off, if you will. Um, and then some guys were really trying to be smooth and do it in a traditional, you know, stock car type of way. Um, you know, definitely the, the the winner of it, you know, Logano, he uh, he was being a little more traditional with it where, you know, we saw him just kind of roll in the center, roll in the bottom of the track down kind of on the apron at times to help the car rotate a little. He, he looked, I mean, Logano and that Penske team have, a, have this thing figured out already because that car just, you ne- almost never saw him put a wheel wrong. We were sitting right at the entrance of turn three and guys were locking up, sliding on exit, all kinds of stuff. And I, I don't think I saw Logano do that once. I think I saw him miss his apex one time in that whole 150 laps, that, that car was just dialed in. Uh, only guy who had really anything for him was Reddick, but, but Reddick, as, as we all saw, you know, he broke obviously, but his way of getting on the track was way more aggressive than Logano's. Uh, Reddick would drive in the corner pretty deep. I mean, he was still smooth. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't, he wasn't sawing on it or, or driving it sideways or anything like that, but you could just see that he was up on the wheel more than Logano. So it would have been really interesting to see if the tires would have lived these new, uh, you know, larger diameter wheels. The tires, I, as far as I understand it, are much the same as far as compound and, and build, but uh, I, I'm sure that they can't be exactly the same with shorter sidewalls and, and all that good stuff. So it would have been really interesting to see what tire wear might have done to see if maybe Logano's style would have allowed him to reel in Redick over the course of the whole race. Um, you know, I think that could have potentially been very intriguing. It's unfortunate that as fans, we, we weren't able to have that experience. So, you know, that... That was pretty cool, and I think as we get to some of these bigger tracks, more traditional tracks, like Daytona is going to be Daytona. We'll see how they draft, and that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but when we get to places like Martinsville or even Dover or New Hampshire, or these kind of intermediate tracks that are a little bit all over the place with banking and, and style and, and whatnot of the corners, it should be really interesting to see what tire wear does and potentially what, they might need to do to save some of these parts. I mean, we saw some transaxle failures, which I don't think was too terribly unexpected from, you know, what I've seen from the folks in that are building these cars. Uh, so I don't, I don't know that that story is done with yet. I think at Daytona, we're not going to have any issues, but 
certainly when we get to the, the bigger short tracks or maybe places with extreme banking transitions like Dover uh, or the road courses when they start hopping curbs. I mean, you might start seeing drivers have to take care of their cars again, which would be, which would be kind of a nice throwback to back in the day when these cars weren't just bulletproof. Um, but that'll probably be short-lived. Whatever the issue is, they'll probably get it fixed. It may even be fixed before we get to Daytona. That could have been a one-off situation. So something to keep an eye on. But the uh, the race as a whole, you know, any, anybody who saw it, I, I think we all kind of knew what to expect. And it ended up being a cleaner race than I think any of us really thought other than that second LCQ, which that's, I think that's how most of us expected the entire event to go. So it was nice to see that it didn't. Um, you know, but it was it was a good show. I mean, I, I think NASCAR certainly should continue to explore running the Clash in stadiums like this. There's not very many in the U.S. That, that are as big as the Coliseum. So I certainly think that NASCAR has their eye on places outside the U.S. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, that there are some options for running this race overseas in the future, uh, which would be really cool. But... Really, oversaturation is something we need to be careful of here. You know, it's kind of like when the Roval debuted at Charlotte. Everybody was talking about how that is the future of the sport and every race needs to be on the Roval or, or half the races or whatever. And I think we've seen that it's still a very good race and it's still something that a lot of people look forward to. But we don't need 20 of those on the schedule. And we don't need multiple of these stadium races, I don't think. Not not yet. Uh, stick, it to, stick to once a year and let the... Uh, the rarity of the event speak for itself, you know, um, and, and let it so that it's something that you have to make a point to go to. You only get one chance a year. Um, cause if they start running these once a month or four times a year or something like that, you're just going to lose the allure of it in my opinion. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm sure NASCAR has that in mind, you know, that I, I'm sure that the plan is not to, to run a whole handful of these every year, but we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, new car was a big success. Um, you know, I, I went to the event, you know, with um, my parents. My dad's a big NASCAR fan for the last ever, 50 years probably. He's kind of lost some interest in the past 20 like like some other folks have. He still watches almost every race, but he's not the, as hardcore as he used to be. Um, so, you know, he was there. My mom, who's a casual fan at, at most, she kind of watches the races in the background with my dad. And, and my wife's kind of the same way. Very casual fans probably tell you four or five drivers' names, and, and that's fine. Um, but I tell you that because I want to share their perspectives of, of what we saw in the new car and the concerts and the, being such a unique event. And there was some split, you know, opinions on it, you know, even in our, in our car on the ride home. Um, you know, I will say we, we sat down for the heat races and my wife immediately noticed that the cars were different. And she doesn't know anything about the next gen car or or any of that. Didn't know it was coming. Hasn't heard a word about it. Doesn't care. You know, it's, she's been watching the racing for a while, off and on, but had no idea there was a new next gen car coming. So she sits down and goes, "Man, the cars look way different." And she's kind of in her head going, "Has it been a while since I've watched the race? Like, what's going on?" And I said, "Oh no, it's a new car. It's the first ever race for it." And she goes, "Whoa, these look way better. Like, way better." And I mean, it was instantly noticeable to her, somebody who's a casual fan, which I was really surprised at, because um, I thought it was going to be too subtle for, for folks to notice. I mean, I, I thought I was going to barely notice, but in person, I mean, it's, it's striking how different the cars are, and they, are, they really look good in person. And I will say the paint schemes all look, for the most part, the overall quality of the, of the look of the cars is really, really good. 
um, with these new cars. The team's really nailed it. Um, really, really is is a big improvement. The Fords, particular, particularly to, to RI, great looking cars. Um, they really nailed it with that. Um, along the same vein, none, no one in our group noticed the numbers moved. Um, I barely noticed. You think it's going to be really obvious, and it just isn't. Um, cars look better with the numbers forward. I'm sorry. Um, they just look clean, nice, really put together. Um, but they just, they look so much better. I mean, yeah, I missed the eighties with the contingencies all over the cars and all that stuff, but objectively, taking your nostalgia glasses off, objectively, that was not an overall cohesively good look. (laughs) You know, it it was a good period in time, but the cars, the cars, the the numbers being moved is, is, is going to be, it's going to be better in the long run. Um, the new cars do sound really, really, really raspy in person. Um, video doesn't, it kind of gives you a hint, but it doesn't really do it justice. These things sound like if you've got eight really built like Briggs and Stratton engines that are running on like nitro or alcohol, like, like the animal motors and you have eight of them and you just like stuck them all together. That's how these sound. Um, it has that same kind of popping raspy noise. Um, it's the best way I can describe it. And they're, they're really piercing in person. It's weird to say that about a low rev, relatively speaking, V8 that's deep, but the sound carries so well, um, so far, I should say, um, that you really, as somebody who's been going to races a long time, I, I regretted not bringing ear protection. I know we were in a stadium and it makes it louder and all that stuff, but I mean, it was loud. Um, if you've got kids, you should have been, you've been putting ear protection on them this whole time, but, but especially now, I mean, you have to. I mean, anybody going to NASCAR is you really take it from somebody with some tinnitus. You you, sh- you need to be wearing ear protection now. It, they're loud. Um, that said, um, you know the I know on TV probably didn't maybe translate as well, but the concerts in person just killed. Um, crowd was way into both Pitbull and Ice Cube. Uh, I mean, TV I think maybe focused on from what I've read they maybe focused the cameras on. Some interesting choices, um, but overall, I mean, the crowd was singing along to it. It's I, th- I think a lot of the crowd was honestly there to see Pitbull, to be totally honest with you. Because I mean, the, the the college kids that they were kind of showing in, on TV and all that, they were way, way, way into it. Um, and I mean, singing and dancing. I mean, the whole crowd was singing along with Pitbull at some points. Um, and it, I mean, it was. I was surprised. I'm not. I'm admittedly not a Pitbull fan. I mean, I, I, it's just not my thing. I mean, seems like a cool guy. People love his music. I've heard his music. And I'm like, okay, whatever. That's not my thing. But man, it, it was it was killing it. Even I mean, I didn't see anybody in the crowd that was kind of like, ooh, uh, this is where's my Alabama? Like in the in person, that was not a thing. Like I'm sure there was some of that, but I didn't see it. I mean, even the the guys who you would think would have hated it, you know, looking, you know, make, making the obvious uh, assumptions about people sometimes, um, which maybe I shouldn't do, but. You know, people in their 50s, 60s, you know, they've been watching NASCAR since they were kids. You'd think, oh, they're not going to like this. I saw, I look around there dancing, having a good time. Maybe they never heard Pitbull before, but they're like, hey, you know what? One in Rome. Um, you know, so that was, uh, I, I hope TV showed that because that, I was surprised because I've always seen these concerts on TV and I'm like, nobody there cares. Um, and maybe they did. I don't know because here they, they cared. People dug it. Um the DJ between races was interesting. Um, I don't know if they showed that on TV at all, but that was that was a little tough because between races you kind of want to talk to the person you're next to and talk about what you just saw and all that stuff. Um, 
you couldn't really do it. And part of it was maybe because we're sitting too close to the front. We were second row from, from bottom in turn three. So the speakers were not far from us. Um, so maybe that was part of it. Um, I didn't have a chance to go up top and see if they had more speakers or anything. Uh, but it was loud where we were at. I mean, I, I couldn't have a conversation with the person next to me between races because the DJ was so loud. Uh, but it was good. I mean, it kept the energy up. Normally you go to a race and by the time the mains come around or by the time that race is halfway over, the crowd's kind of out of it. And they're like, okay, at this point we're just watching cars go in circles. But I mean, this was rapid fire. NASCAR did a good job of keeping everything on schedule. Um, it was it was good. Um, from that perspective, people, the energy was up the whole time. For the whole about five hours or so we were sitting in the seats, the the, the crowd, I never really saw them taper off. So, you know, that was... That was that was cool. I mean, like I said, the DJ maybe wasn't for me, but it, I think it did its job. Um, and it made the atmosphere really, really cool. I mean, I've been to a lot of races. Long Beach, you know, which is always advertised as a party. This was way more of a party than Long Beach could ever hope to be, in all honesty. Um, that's one thing I haven't heard talked about at all, and, and maybe I'm reaching here, but I think that the if this Coliseum thing becomes an annual thing, that the, the real people who need to be a little nervous about attendance and longevity is perhaps IndyCar at Long Beach because it's totally different, a totally different scene. But if, you, if, if, if it's true that Long Beach is just an excuse for people to party, there's a real good chance they're going to go to this in, to party instead because the atmosphere was, was way more conducive to that. Um, I mean, Long Beach is, is what it is, but it's not this rowdy party, the Coliseum kind of was, <laughs> you know, in certain sections. I mean, it, it got pretty rowdy in kind of a positive way, if you will. You know, no, I didn't see anybody yelling. There's no, none of that. It was everybody's there watch racing and stuff. And, uh, it was, it was definitely second, probably only the Indy 500 as far as atmosphere I've experienced. The Indy, Indy's a, a bigger party than I ever expected it to be. When I went there a few years ago, I was shocked at how much of a party that event was. I did not expect that at all. Um, this wasn't quite to that level as far as overall just crowd energy, but it was pretty darn close, uh, much closer than I expected it to be. Um, it, it, it's these these are kind of obvious, but just some observations from being there. Um, Kyle Larson is is easily becoming the fan favorite these days. Um, I mean, the crowd just erupted whenever he did anything, uh, like almost everybody's eyes were on him all race. Um, so it's, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's the guy right now for sure. I mean, Chase Elliott was pretty popular, but not, I don't know. It's almost like people were starting to kind of get a little bit, uh, worn out. I don't, that's probably not the right word. I think Larson has just taken a lot of his fans, to be honest. Um, don't get me wrong. Chase was still popular, but not, not to the level I expected. Um, Daniel Suarez was super popular, probably second to Larson. That's, you know, where we were, you know, which was cool. Um, and Suarez looked good at the start of that race. I don't know if tires wore off. It just circumstances kicked him back. But he looked like a contender there at the beginning. And the crowd was kind of getting into it. Um, you know, it, that would have been really cool to, to have seen uh, him be able to contend and, and maybe get up and try to run for the lead a little bit. But, you know, it wasn't to me. But that team looks like they're they're going to be good this year. Um, you know, and that's, and that's one thing overall is I know this was a unique race and it's, um, not really conducive to the rest of the season, but with a few exceptions, the fast teams from last year are still the fast teams. You know, everybody goes, Oh, you know, Hey, new car, new opportunities. And sure. There'll be those surprises like Cody Ware, 
you know, that was awesome to watch him battling for a transfer spot because I don't think anybody expected us that team to be anything more than they were last year, you know. But then you saw him and, and then you saw Ryan Priest get into the show. And you're like, okay, these guys have a fighting chance now. But at the front of the field, it's still going to be Penske, Hendrick, Gibbs, Stuart Haas. I mean, that's just that's just how it is, you know. It's not going to change because of that. So, you know, some of those other teams like Track, um, you know, like Suarez team like Trackhouse, you know, they're going to um, – they're going to, they definitely looked improved. Um, but, you know, there's some teams that have some work to do. Like Roush, you could see it. It looked horrible, just horrible. You think Keselowski is going to come in and change it overnight. It takes longer than that, even with a new car. But, man, I think they all, they've got to be panicking over there. I know it's one race, but they better go to Daytona and have some speed out of the box. Because uh, that that was pretty, pretty not good uh, for a team with as much history as Roush. So, you know, I'm sure they'll get it corrected. You know, Keselowski ran a really good truck team and has been doing this for a long time. So I, I, I think that they'll get that thing turned around. But I know they wanted to unload out of the out of the trailer faster this week, and both the six and the seventeen were just, just bad. You couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Um, then you look at some other cars that were bad, but were able to kind of fight and and do something with it. Like you know, like Bubba Wallace, for example. Like he was not fast. I think we all know, like that car was not fast. He got his way in by just. Elbows up, drive drive into the guys a bit, you know, which that's that kind of racing. But, you know, Keselowski couldn't, the car was, was so bad he couldn't even do that. And maybe he just wasn't willing to tear up a car for this race uh, or beat a car up anyway. So um, that, that's going to be a really interesting story to me um, to watch for the whole year is can Roush turn it around and be anything like they were 10 years ago even. You know, they've been on such a downslide, you know. it's I think it's important for the sport to have Roush be good. But, you know, they got a lot of work to do. Um, then you look at the Gibbs cars, and, I mean, other than Kyle Busch, they were kind of nowhere. Like, Hamlin didn't look – he looked okay. Truex was not fast. Um, you know, and, and you know, the, the affiliate cars, you know, Bible we already talked about, and Kurt Busch. You know, Kurt had some speed, but, you know, he was exciting to watch. Same kind of thing, elbows up and getting through there. It was a shame he didn't make the feature because that would have been uh, – he would have been a fun guy to watch. But – not, I mean, just the Toyotas in general just didn't look like they had any speed other than Kyle Busch. And, you know, so is, is Kyle just yanking that car up by its bootstraps? Or is there some speed that they found over there that they're not sharing? Or is, is you know, what's going on? You know, it's that's going to be something to see as well. Um, you know, and other than that, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the same old, same old at the front. You know, Colleague obviously was the huge... I don't. I don't want to call it a surprise because I. I don't feel like you can be that surprised at how fast. Excuse me, uh, Haley and Almendinger were because I mean that that Xfinity team is too good to go to Cup and not be fast. You know, it's uh, that didn't surprise me that much. But it was nice to see that they actually are pulling it off at least after this one exhibition race. But I feel like you don't go out there and run top three all night without a pretty good uh, car underneath you and a good organization behind you. Uh, I, I think they're going to be good all year. Um, and, and, you know, a top 20 car, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to come out here and win a bunch of races or anything like that, but it sh- wouldn't shock me to see him win one or two and, and get his way in the playoffs. Um, and then, and heck Almendinger, you know, I, I think he's running all the road courses and a few others. I'll be surprised actually if he doesn't win a couple of those. So, um, that, that team's going to be fun to watch as well. And there, there's so many, so many new partnerships and teams that are going to be 
going to be really fun to watch, and, and hopefully this new car will make it so the midfield is, is kind of stronger. That some of the, the teams that were kind of at the back, um, I'd love to see more of them kind of almost have that time difference kind of compress where the group from 20th to 36th or whatever, or 40th, are tighter. You know, I, I would love to see that happen. The front end of the field is still going to be the front end, albeit potentially closer together. Uh, but I would love to see the back, back marker teams that, that traditionally have been back there able to mix it up with those guys and, and shoot for top 20s and whatnot. Um, and, and I think we're going to see it. We saw it a little bit already over the weekend. You know, it'll be, it remains to be seen what will happen in Daytona, which is also its own unique thing. We're not really going to know until we're probably four or five races into the season what's actually going on here. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, we're going to continue. We're going to do these shows basically every every week, you know, um, primarily NASCAR, uh, Formula One and IndyCar will be what we're uh, going to be recapping here. And then uh, we'll touch on some other big events, you know, Sebring, uh, Le Mans, um, other, you know, whatever is kind of newsworthy at that time. Uh, so these will be about 30 minute long episodes. Look for them every Monday or Tuesday. Um, that there's a race like there won't be one next weekend because or next week because I mean, there's nothing to talk about there's no racing this coming up weekend we got super bowl of course um and then so we're going to fill that gap with our king of the hammers vlog on youtube so these will be these ones here that you're listening to right now these are going to be podcast only traditional typical podcast um just on your audio stations the regular podcast is 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 coming back we we are going to do that but it's probably gonna be a once a month type of deal uh, where we get producer bad in here and talk about the things that we talk about and drink beer and do all the growlery garagey stuff that people like to hear us do um is just something to help you on your drive to work one or two days a week um hopefully and uh hopefully offer some insight from somebody who's been in the industry um and is not so much anymore but knows a lot of folks who still are um you know hopefully offer some insight um but yeah no the, the clash um to kind of put a final thought on that was it was great i think nascar hit it out of the park i think it was a home run uh notice we didn't really talk about the racing itself that much and, th- and that's because in all honesty the racing for an event like that the racing itself isn't that important <laughs> you know and, and that sounds like a weird thing to say but it's an event if they're going to do that it's going to be an event and the race has to be okay and it was okay it was okay to good i would say um six or seven out of ten um it's fun it was a ton of fun and that's what matters it has to be fun um once we get to Daytona, these cars have to put on a show. I'll say that because they've got some eyeballs on them now. And they'll be they'll be watching in two weeks at Daytona. So these things have to put on a show. And uh, it'll, be fun to, it'll be fun to watch one way or the other. So thank you uh, for tuning in. We're going like to keep your eye on our YouTube channel, Growler Garage. And uh, we're going to have that King of the Hammers video blog, <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it up here uh later this week we'll we'll post about on social media and all that stuff when it is up um for now thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you again on this particular show in uh, about two weeks right after the daytona 500 hope you all enjoy and we will talk to you soon